0: Good morning welcome to another episode of hard foul radio this is the show that values time so let's not waste any the nfl has a problem um i've heard a bunch of people uh hard Foul Zone tony included say that quarterback play across the league is down this year and i don't think that's true i do think it's i don't think it's down league-wide essentially i do think it's down conference-wide and by conference-wide i mean the nfc There's going to be some real issues in the NFL if the disparity in quarterback play between the AFC quarterbacks versus the NFC quarterbacks continues at the rate that it's going. And let's look at every level, right? Because you could argue, it's like, oh, no, you're just being hyperbolic. You're just looking at this this season. Let's take everything into account comparing AFC versus NFC quarterback play. Where do you want to start? Let's start with this thing called the Super Bowl, right? That's a pretty big deal. Let's list our last several Super Bowl winners. 2017, New England Patriots. Sorry, let's go start in 2019. 2019, New England Patriots, AFC quarterback. 2020, Kansas City, AFC quarterback. 21, Tampa Bay, former AFC quarterback. 22, LA Rams. 23, Kansas City Chiefs. So three of the five. The AFC is one, and the other was simply the Bucks going and taking the greatest quarterback of all time, previously in the AFC, Tom Brady, bringing him over, and we all know that story. He's the GOAT. He got the NFC a win. Uh, and the Rams, that was a brilliant coaching job. Matt Stafford, give credit to where his credit is due. But essentially, four of the last five Super Bowls by AFC quarterbacks. Okay, that's not a big enough sk- – that's not a – Good enough sample size for you, fine. Let's look at this week, right? Let's look at just this week. This week, if you go across the NFL, and I want to make sure that we understand, look at the games and tell me, is the best quarterback AFC or NFC representative? Now, obviously, you're going to have games where they're both AFC teams playing, so you don't have a choice. But let's look at the names in those games. Will Levis, who looks like he has it in the Thursday night game, Kenny Pickett, who, I mean, if you're in Pittsburgh, I guess you're a believer. Seven-game winning drives, clutch, he has the factor. Dolphins Chiefs, both AFC, the best quarterback in football, a potential MVP candidate in Tua. Now let's look at the next two games listed. Vikings, Falcons, Bears, Saints. Does anybody want a quarterback in that Vikings-Falcons game? And I like Josh Dobbs. I think Josh Dobbs is a really cool story. But is anyone looking at there and saying, oh, there's a great quarterback in that game? Bears Saints, a former AFC quarterback who the AFC no longer wanted and has struggled while he's been in the NFC. And the Bears, we know, Division II college quarterback. Rams Packers, bad game. The Rams are on a backup. Let's not talk about it. Seahawks Ravens. Lamar dominated a NFC Pro Bowl quarterback in Geno Smith. I mean, just dominated the game 37-3. The Ravens, who in fact have played the Lions and the Seahawks, two NFC division leaders, and Lamar was clearly the best quarterback in both games. The Ravens were clearly the better team in both games against two division leaders. Now you could go Commanders-Patriots and say, well, the NFC quarterback was better than the AFC quarterback. Correct. Mac Jones, who is currently the worst or second-worst quarterback in the AFC, was outplayed by Sam Howe, and if you look at that game, the Patriots had several key drops that actually would have won them the game, and Mac Jones would have outperformed the NFC quarterback, Sam Howe. Cardinals, Browns, none of us, I especially, don't really love Deshaun Watson at the moment, but outshine the Cardinals backups. Giants-Raiders, we saw how that went. Unfortunately, Daniel Jones got injured. Don't wish injuries upon anybody. Cowboys-Eagles, the game that should have been the highlight of NFC top-tier quarterback play. Dak, good, not great. And that's kind of Dak's whole career, right? He's good, not great. Jalen Hurts, who's been better as of the last few weeks. But the turnovers are starting to creep up. He's not running the ball quite as effectively. Take out the brotherly shove excluded. And Hurts is supposed to be the guy. Leads us to our next part. If I just start naming quarterbacks. Oh, and Monday Night Football, it's going to be Chargers Jets tonight. And we all I've not been, obviously, a great Herbert defender on this show. But Herbert's better than Zach Wilson. So the AFC, Super Bowl-wise, better. This week in the NFL better let's just call out names let's just say who's the best quarterbacks in the NFL you start listing down names Mahomes Burrow Allen Tua Herbert I think I already said Herbert same once Hurts a lot of AFC guys not a lot of NFC guys if I did the first five quarterbacks taken Four or five are in the AFC. Jalen Hurts is the lone NFC representative. Let's take another example. Let's just use rookies, right? So we know who the vets are. We know who the best in the league are. They're clearly geared towards the AFC. We know who's been winning Super Bowls, clearly tilted towards the AFC. Let's use rookies. There's two premier rookies right now that are getting playing time. And I know, Bryce Young won the game last week when they played. But did you see C.J. Stroud yesterday? Throw five touchdowns. Perfect game against an NFC quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Did you see Bryce Young throw not one, not two, but three interceptions? Oh, well, that's just one week, and he won last week. Well, have you seen Bryce Young all season? And I'm not trying to damn him. I'm not trying to... Put him under the bus. But consistently throughout the season, he's looked smaller. The arm's not great. Where Bryce Young, Bryce Young only has one interception on the season. He has more passing touchdowns than Kenny Pickett in his career with 13 less games. He has looked dependable. He's looked like a leader. And yesterday he played like a future all pro. This is not an NFL problem in terms of quarterback play across the league is down. It's just down in the NFC. Who in the the NFC lost arguably, and I know it's weird to say because we always view Kirk Cousins, like we view Kirk Cousins as average. Like if you were to rate the top 32 quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins feels like the perfect 15th, 16th best quarterback in the league. Like, you know he's good, you know he's dependable, but he's not great. He is a... He's a franchise quarterback in the sense of, you know, you're not going to be terrible as a franchise, but he's not one of the elite guys. He's not one of the great arm talents. He's not one of the great athletes. He's like this perfect in the middle quarterback. And he was arguably when he went down the second best quarterback in the NFC behind only Jalen Hurts. Start running down names of the division. You have Mahomes and Herbert in the AFC West. In the South, you have Stroud and Anthony Richardson, who Richardson, when we talked about rookies, Richardson looked better than Bryce Young. He just got hurt. In the East, you should have had Aaron Rodgers to go with Josh Allen. And in the North, Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow. That's two premier quarterbacks Per division in the afc go look at the nfc who's the premier quarterback in the nfc west and that's gonna have two playoff teams is geno one of the premier quarterbacks in the league brock purdy on the 49ers is he one of the premier quarterbacks in the league matt stafford and his older age is he one of the premier quarterbacks is anyone premier in the south hell the nfc south has trouble beating anyone but themselves in the East, you got Jalen Hurts. Dak is always on that good but not great level. In the North, the Bears are starting a Division two quarterback. Jordan Love has looked like a backup most of the year. Kirk Cousins is now out. Like, where are the elite quarterbacks in the NFC? We're going to start running into an issue where we know who the Super Bowl is basically going to be Philadelphia, as long as they have this set of roster, with J- this this roster set up the way it is with Jalen Hurts versus a huge oncoming swarm from the AFC. I'm not a realignment guy. I've n- I haven't lived. Or I'm sorry. The last realignment the NFL did, I believe, was in the late 90s. Uh, the Colts and Patriots, uh, their divisions were changed, which is interesting because it would have led to a no one can see the future, but would have led to a Manning-Brady in-division rivalry. But the NFL genuinely might need to consider realignment. There is two plus elite quarterbacks in every division in the AFC. I got one in the NFC. Top ten guys, eight right now, I could say are in the AFC confidently. And that's with Rodgers being injured. So the NFL's got to look at something here. You can't have all the great talent. Like baseball's got this issue. If all the great talent was only in the AL or only in the NL, that's a problem. You need anticipation for these sports to work. I don't think quarterback play is down league-wide. I think it's down conference-wide, and the conference is the NFC, and it needs to pick it up. Transitioning from there, let's talk about tonight's game a little bit. Um, This, I think, is going to be – we're going to start – and I've been a Herbert critic, uh, and I stand on that. Um, I've said I don't believe you can be elite with you not having a winning record. And I think that's a fair standard. You know, have a winning record before we call you an elite quarterback. I said this a couple weeks ago. the The Cowboy game should have been a game that Herbert had to win against an elite defense, a quarterback who I believe most people think he's better than. He should have done it as at home in SoFi, which I know. It's never quite a a true home field advantage. You got to win this game tonight, Justin Herbert. I know I'm saying this again. This is technically a repeat topic, but you have to win these kind of games. Nobody knows how the Jets are winning. Yes, you could say it's their defense, obviously. But even with a great defense, did you watch the game last week? The Jets-Giants game, maybe the worst football game ever played. 24 total punts. No kind of offense. You can't be the team that loses to the Jets after that kind of performance. The Raiders, who no one thinks is a good football team. Yes, they played inspired because they finally got McDaniels out of the building. They beat those those same Giants who played in that game against the Jets. They beat them 30 to 6. And everybody thinks you're better than the Raiders. So here you go. You have the Jets, who can barely move the ball on offense. You have the better quarterback, the better receiving room, even with injuries to Mike Williams. Defensively, fine. You don't have quite as good as personnel as the Jets. Your defense not quite there. But you're going up against Zach Wilson, who I'm not trying to bury here. But Zach Wilson ain't exactly an all-pro. Not exactly a pro bowler. Justin Herbert, if you are elite, and we just spent the first segment talking about how elite the quarterbacks are in the AFC. If you are elite, you win this game. It's as simple as that. I don't care what your stats say. I don't care how many yards you throw for. I don't care how many touchdowns. Like, this is my this is my complaint to Charger fans, to the NFL, to Justin Herbert. Because he's been anointed. And I'll say it again. I've said it before. Lamar, in his first two years, got an MVP. Joe Burrow, in his first two years, got a, to a Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts got to a Super Bowl within two years. And if you want a compare, oh, fine, those guys accomplished more. Use Josh Allen as a comparison, who did not inherit as good a roster, was not as naturally gifted an arm talent, still got a defensive head coach, and he has at least had his team 13-plus wins fighting with the Chiefs and the Bengals despite, yes, they lost last year. The Bengals smacked him in the face. And Josh has been in MVP conversations. He's had the Bills towards the top of the league. You watched that game last night, Sunday Night Football, the way it started, and I understand the, the eventual both defenses caught up and the weather played a factor, but that game started and looked like Two of the best quarterbacks in football. Now, Burrow's better, and so the Bengals won. But they looked like top-tier, high-flying offenses. And the Chargers, I don't care about the Bears game because the Bears are a bad team. But if you're great, you should be able to do that again to another team that offensively is bad. Justin Herbert, you need to win this game more to come up it's mondays we got to do hard right hard left see what i was right about see what i was wrong about excuse me and did baseball how um we got a baseball issue again this is hard Radio.
1: yeah it's nigga where am i going drop the phone with my cup now i'm floating can't feel a thing to be real, I just go through the motions. Where am I going? Nigga, I'm in deep like the ocean. I've been in my bag, everybody around me, I'm ghosting. Where am I going? Drop the phone in my cup, now I'm floating. I can't feel a thing to be real, I just go through the motions. Where am I going? Nigga, I'm in deep like the ocean. I've been in my bag, everybody around me, I'm ghosting. Where am I going?
0: Good morning, we are back. This is Hard Hardfire Radio. Appreciate you guys for tuning in with me today. So, I talked about early in the season. I'm going to give myself some credit here leading into hard right, hard left. Man, I feel really good on my Texans pick. Now, I think they might even be better than what I thought they were. I liked a lot of the structure around Houston. I I really liked the hire of D'Amico Ryans. Um, I really loved the draft pick of C.J. Stroud like there was a lot there. I liked even getting Allen out of Alabama. There was a lot there structurally that I liked with Houston. And I thought they were going to look like, if any team was going to look like the baby 49ers, I thought they had a chance. I didn't think they were going to win a whole lot of games, which that part I could be wrong about. I wouldn't even be shocked with a win already against Jacksonville. And, None of us are really sold on Jacksonville, for being honest. There's a couple Trevor Lawrence, truth, uh, I won't say truthers, Trevor Lawrence, diehard supporters out there. and But I don't think any of us are truly scared, scared of Jacksonville, right? And so, with already having the tiebreaker, there's a real chance here Houston could come and win that division. Like, look at the game yesterday. And I want to say this, Baker played his heart out. I don't think Baker, despite the Bucks record, and I know because they started 3-1 and, and they've started a tailspin, people are going to look at Baker and say it's his fault. Um, I don't think it's Baker's fault. I think Baker's doing and performing really well. Uh, there's just other factors here why Tampa's losing. But Tampa came into that game. It felt must win. They had a great game plan. Houston's defense, while it's been feisty all year, uh, Baker was tearing it up. Like That's a game a rookie quarterback should lose. It is. It's a game a rookie quarterback should lose. And he not only didn't lose, he not only won the game, he played fantastic. A rookie record for passing yards, 470, five touchdowns, and, I mean, he did everything. This wasn't a – we always talk about in, in media, it's a common talk with quarterbacks of what do they look like when everything goes well and what do they look like when things are going wrong. What do they look like when the roster is really talented? What do they look like when the roster is not so talented? You have to start making cuts because of free agency and contracts. CJ Stroud is borderline answering all those questions right now as a rookie. As a rookie, we know he doesn't have a super talented roster. So we see what he's doing with less talent around him. We've seen them have games where they're in control from start to finish, and he's able to, I don't want to say game manage, but he's only got to throw for 2 to 250 and let his running game and defense take over. And then you have a game like yesterday where nothing's working outside of him. His defense can't stop anybody. You don't know what he's getting from his coaching staff. And he goes out there, five touchdowns, 470 yards. He's playing from behind. He's playing with less talent. That was the kind of win. We talked about this with Tennessee uh, last week of Tennessee is going to go into that game against Pittsburgh. And because of the flashes, one game in that Will Levis showed, and I've said this pretty much the entirety of the existence of the show, you can see greatness like that. It's quick. It's fast. It jumps off the page. It jumps off the TV. And Will Levis, in one game, jumped off more than Kenny Pickett. And so I said, even though, and the Steelers won that game, the Titans were going to leave that game feeling better because their quarterback showed it. Kenny Pickett hasn't shown it yet. And the Texans, right now, they got next because of their quarterback, who is obviously the youngest because he's a rookie, with a not super talented roster, with a not great defense. With a head coach who I like, but is still technically unproven. Has played with a lead. Has played from behind. Has shown greatness. Has shown that he has it. And that it is far more valuable than any regular season win. The Houston Texans are looking at every other team in the league. And I mean every. And I'm saying this with my chest out. The Houston Texans will be in Super Bowl contention. And will be one of the best teams in the NFL by the end of next year. And they are in the best position to do so because their great quarterback is going to get paid last. And I, what I mean by that Herbert's already been paid. Lamar's already been paid. Mahomes has already been paid. Burrow's already been paid. All these Jalen hurts is already been paid. All these other great quarterbacks that we know are great. They've already been paid. So all of their rosters are on the decline. Now, Whoever's Howie Roseman in Philadelphia, he's an excellent general manager, maybe the best in the league, him and John Lynch. And so they will retain good to great rosters probably long in some of these other teams who have unproven or not as successful general managers. But the fact is Houston doesn't have to pay their guy for several years. Houston already knows their guy is great. And so they get to maximize what is essentially five years of rookie cj stroud you bring in whatever you need around him the houston texans are in the best position in the afc and they got no chance when the super bowl this year obviously but i believe by the end of next year as long as they don't screw this up they have the guy and their guy doesn't have to get paid for another five years versus everybody else who's already the guy has already been paid their rosters it's inevitable they are on the way down his roster, as long as they have a competent general manager, is on the way up, and man, I feel good about that because I fucking nailed this call. Give yourself some credit. So when you when you're right about something, you need to give yourself a little bit of credit. Give yourself a little pat on the back, helps. Transitioning from that to in hard right, hard left. Let's get it started. Obviously, our hard right. We just talked about it. Hard right. The Houston Texans are a legitimate team due to C.J. Stroud, D'Amico, Ryan's, and what was a very, very good draft. Obviously, this draft, regardless of how Allen plays out long run, you got your franchise quarterback, and that's enough to justify any draft as a great draft. You get a guy like C.J. Stroud, that turns your franchise around. Um, I said this, I said on on the prediction show with Tony, I thought this team was going to win five or six games, but you were going to watch them be competitive. You were going to watch them feel feisty you were going to see structure in place we're going to see an improving defense improving offense and they've been even better than that kind of want to put them on a potential to catch the jaguars i'm not ready to go there all the way yet but the texans really strong look really good hard right the Houston texans even better maybe than i thought maybe i didn't maybe i don't get to put them as hard right because i didn't even have them being this good this early uh hard left excuse me hard left i would have assumed the homes would have figured this out by now and i don't want to sit there and you know act like i've said since the beginning of the season i haven't deterred he's still the best quarterback in football because as far as i'm concerned his resume was that and far above that for so long that even with uh him not having a stellar offensive season I thought somebody had to take that from him. If I take that from him, I knew mean, they had to beat him in the playoffs. They had to beat him in the Super Bowl and like truly outplay him in the playoffs before I think he loses that title. And I didn't think that was really possible. I pretty much had the Chiefs kind of running through this season. I thought it was gonna be down here for a lot of the other great teams, and that Mahomes was Mahomes and Andy Reid was Andy Reed, and they were gonna find a way to put it together. But even after the win against Miami. This is, yes, the best defense Mahomes has ever been on, but this defense isn't going to win you a championship. Kansas City's path to winning a title is very clear and concise. 15 has to be the best quarterback in the NFL, and so far he hasn't been that. And I was wrong. Hard right. The, 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 The Atlanta Falcons, they fooled me for about a week. This should be a Caleb Williams team. And not only should it be a Caleb Williams team in terms of how bad they are, they need to they need to fire their head coach. I I don't ever want to rely on Twitter being a source of NFL information or fact checking or really serious takes in that regard because I mean there's people that literally tweet for engagement. Arthur Smith is a bad head coach. I I it's. When you have Kyle Pitts, and this is a tweet, when you have Kyle Pitts blocking for your tight end three to try to throw to your tight end two last week, when you have first and goal on the one and Bijan Robinson's not even in the game, like what are we doing, Atlanta? What are we doing? This is an extremely unserious football team. This is a, um, I thought they were gonna be bad, but this isn't just bad. This is reeking on incompetent. This this should be a Caleb Williams team. Yeah, no, this is all, all bad in Atlanta. Hard left, Caleb might stay in college. I would have said, and I did say that this is bullshit, but if you look at not only his financial position, what he stands to make this year, also, there very few athletes come off as genuinely passionate. And I know there was some pushback and some criticism. He was crying after the game, and some people were saying, oh, it's not that serious, oh, it's fake. And some people were even, because I guess he had tweeted at Max Dugan when he lost and he was crying, he said, lol. And people are vindictive, and that's just what it is. But more and more, you're, there's more stories coming out from legitimate and rep- and reputable insiders that he genuinely wants to do something great at USC, and this season obviously hasn't turned out that way. And he might come back. And financially, he can do it. Credibility-wise, he can do it. And if he does, I'd be I'd, I'd be shocked. I never thought you would see a true blue chip first, like lock first overall pick do something like that. But there's a chance. And more and more stories are coming out. And this is kind of a, a it's a temporary hard left. Obviously, I could be proven wrong by the time this is over. But I think there's real credibility to this story where I did not think that. A month ago, two months ago, six months ago. It was confirmed he was coming out. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, Hard right, our last one of the week. Josh Dobbs, and my betting, by the way, was pretty spot on. That should have been included in this segment. Josh Dobbs is good. And Josh Dobbs will get an NFL contract. I said, now, I didn't think this way of Josh Dobbs of uh, when you're coming into the season. But as the first couple weeks and the Cardinals were playing, I was like, Josh is a real starting quarterback. Is he a high end one? No, but he's somebody that you go into a game with. He's great in the locker room guys rally around him. He's not going to get, you know, you're not going to get blown out in games that he's involved in. For the most part, he's going to be competitive. He can throw the ball. He can make, he can make all the throws. Essentially. He's got some athleticism ran for another 60 yards and a touchdown yesterday. Came in, and this is really the part of the hard right. I picked Minnesota to win the game, even though he was he had been with the team for not even a full week, barely knew the playbook. Had to spend an their talent, their reports coming out. They spent an extra three and a half hours at practice on Friday just to learn certain plays. Like Josh Dobbs is a gamer, led the Vikings to a win, and some stories and some wins. I know this is cliche and this is corny but they are more than just what your standings represent. And that win yesterday for that Minnesota Vikings team, like they rallied around Josh Dobbs. That was a big win for those guys' psyche. Like that was huge for them. So shout out to Josh Dobbs. Shout out to me for calling out your win prematurely. Hard left. We go back to college football. Drake may as the... Fighting for Caleb Williams spot. might not be as bad as I thought for the number one overall pick. Uh, I did say my last hard left, I think there's a real chance Caleb stays in college, uh, whereas Drake may, I don't believe that's that's not going to happen. Drake looks really, really good. And in a league where you saw last night, guys don't have to run all over the field. Like Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, I know Josh Allen can run. He's made these, you know, jumped over people. A lot of that, we've all seen the highlights. But you get a guy like Joe Burrow, and that's kind of who Drake May reminds me of, who can just run for three to four yards, side to side, get receivers to come back to the ball, make every throw on the run. It's very similar to like Aaron Rodgers in his prime, I think, was the best ever at it, where Aaron Rodgers never going to run and kill you. Well, Mahomes is also really great at it, too. Never, He's not going to run for 40, 50 yards. He's not Michael Vick. He's not Cam Newton. He's not one of those guys. But just that ability to run for four to five yards, extend the play, throw the ball downfield, throw the ball on the run. I still think if they come out in the same draft, Caleb is the number one pick. But Drake, legitimately, I think there's an argument here that he is closing that gap. And you hear once again, I I'm not somebody who just comes on here and tries to always be right or always have it first. But as these more reputable insiders and college experts start saying, Yeah. There's a real argument here. Like, Drake May is – Caleb is special. Caleb has certain unique qualities about him that would make him number one overall. But Drake May is a number one overall pick in 99% of drafts. So, that is hard right, hard left. When we come back, well, that's a surprise. This is Hard Foul Radio.
1: Yeah. Nigga, where am I going? Drop the phone with my cup, now I'm floating I can't feel a thing, to be real, I just go through the motions Where am I going? Nigga, I'm in deep like the ocean I've been in my bag, everybody around me, I'm ghosting Where am I going? Drop the phone with my cup, now I'm floating I can't feel a thing, to be real, I just go through the motions Where am I going? nigga i'm in deep like the ocean i've been in my bag everybody around me i'm ghosting where am i going i don't know
0: and we are back this is Hardfile radio can we sports is supposed to be a young man's game right like it's supposed to be something where you are in the prime of your career the prime of your athleticism which for some guys is I think 25 to 28 is what most consider, like, prime years. Some guys, prime years athletically is, like, 20 to 23. Um, And sports, especially, you know, the NBA is supposed to be a young man's game. That's not true this year. I'm not going to say this is changing forever because I think we do have some very unique older athletes in the NBA right now. But if I told you who's playing the best right now in the NBA, if you want to go Young guys, okay, SGA's in there for an argument. Guys in their prime, obviously you have a Jokic, you have an Embiid, uh, you have a Giannis. But the old guys, Durant, Steph Curry, LeBron, like the old guys are still doing it. And think about this, this is what's so crazy. LeBron specifically who's playing at still such an unbelievable level for year 21, which is just ridiculous is playing so great. And he's so old and LeBron, it's it's crazy to think like, yeah, LeBron is just so old. Like he got drafted no three. Like I've been like LeBron was nine when I got drafted. I'm sorry. I was nine when LeBron got drafted. He's been playing for so long and he's been playing at such a high level for so long. And Say what you want, the air is easier, softer, whatever. like I don't care. The fact is you're 21, he's still playing, this great is insane. That Kevin Durant and Steph Curry being borderline MVP candidates, and in Steph's case, I would say Steph is one of the main MVP candidates right now. Because I don't think Steph's team is very good. But they're in damn near every game and winning a lot of these games because of the greatness of Steph Curry. Who hasn't even transitioned into like Steph is still an offense unto himself. He hasn't even really transitioned into the be in the corner spot up shooter kind of guy, which he could probably do for three to four years post his, if this is his prime, three to four years post his prime. But LeBron's so old, so we use him as the reference stick, that we ignore the fact Durant's still getting you twenty five a night. Maybe arguably still the best scorer in the NBA at 35 years old, about to be 36. Steph is still the greatest shooter in the NBA, despite being 35, about to be 36 years old. <laughs> um, Sorry, I had to laugh there for a second. And yet, you have a lot of the younger players, and they don't even play back-to-backs. Love the Pelicans. Zion not playing back-to-backs when you're 26 years old. Not even 26 years old, sorry. 23 years old, damn shame. Uh, Sports are supposed to be a young man's game. Basketball should be a young man's game. And yet, even somebody like Kawhi Leonard, who has spent the majority of his career, and arguably the majority of his prime, being injured, not playing back-to-backs. As an older player, he's now playing more. He's now playing back-to-backs. Someone like Russ, playing more, playing back-to-backs. Paul George, like, these older guys in the league, yes, You've got obviously the difference of the guys who are in their prime, at the height of their powers, Jokic, Embiid, Giannis. They still look different from everybody. Jokic especially looks different from everybody. There's a handful of guys throughout the history of the NBA who just feel like you can't necessarily measure it by statistics, but they just feel like they've mastered the game of basketball. He feels like he has mastered the game of basketball. You can't speed him up. He gets to wherever he wants to on the court. If he wants to score, he scores. If he wants to pass and get a teammate open, he passes and get a teammate open. You can't rush him or really affect his game in a unique way that only a handful of players ever have gotten to that status. But you take out those handful of guys in their prime, which are really just the three bigs in Luka, the next best players in the league, they're all old guys. Steph, Durant, LeBron, hell, even AD is entering into old guy territory, the other side of 30. Kawhi, Paul George, supposed to be a young man's game, not turning out like that. With that being said, appreciate everybody for listening today. As always, at I talk Line 80 don't forget to sh- go listen to the other shows we have here on Hard Foul Network, Real Bit, or Group Chat Podcast, A&M, and my lovely wife just dropped an episode, Incognito Mode. Go check it out. Just dropped an interview with Joe. And with that said, appreciate you guys, and I will see you tomorrow.